0: At approximately 5.15 p.m. on May 10th in 1967, three boys ages 11, 13, and 14 explore a cave near their house in Mark Twain's hometown of Hannibal, Missouri.
1: Brothers Billy Hogue, Joel Hogue, and friend Craig Dow are never seen again. It is now 52 years later. This
0: is their story.
1: If there'll come a time when I grow tired
0: Welcome back to the Lost Boys of Hannibal Podcast. I'm your host, Frankie Camboletta, and with me, as always, the... Chris Ketters? The... You have a the now. Oh, that's special. You know why you have a the? No. 746 downloads in one month. Wow. Yes, and I haven't looked at December yet. That's November. So you're the Frankie as well. Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad that, you know, we, we know another the two and that's christian Lyon.
0: christian Lyon's episode was incredible and i just want to again extend a hearty thank you for somebody that is doing his thing in pasadena california and going to the studios and trying out and shows he's got lined up and he's got a bunch of stuff happening for him so i wish him the best of luck and everything that he's doing and hopefully in the future we can look at some of the footage of schroeder's pants that he actually archives he has an entire documentary in the can and it's just a matter of him not being so busy in Hollywood, sitting down and editing that. And that's something maybe we can reach out to him in the future and maybe possibly be a producer on that or help him with that. So yeah, that was a great interview. That was a lot of fun. Yeah,
1: definitely. I'm, I'm glad that we got to do that and uh, we got to learn more because again, we've talked about William Karras for literally five months now and finally getting some of that background detail
0: on that stuff is, is just great for us to have especially the extensive research that he had to do. And the thing with Lion is that, I mean, like you said in his interview, you, you know, he started a long time ago, 2005, 2006. So you're looking at, people were still alive. Yeah. You know, he, he talked to William Karras' wife, hmm. and he had just died eight months. He missed him by eight months. Mm. So, you know, there was definitely that, extension of i mean you know he even told me on the phone before we even interviewed him I was like what does that really mean right if it's 10 years or one day it doesn't matter right person has gone but you know he got a jump on it he definitely gave an interesting perspective on william Kerris that definitely opens the door up but would william Kerris leave dead bodies in a cave <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'd laugh <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah he would yeah <laughs> so it all goes back to may 10th 1967 too yeah, which so. we've talked about in depth already, but uh, yeah, so that's uh, we really appreciate that, and then also we appreciate all the support we've been getting lately. Uh, we want to thank all those who have given us those uh, those thumbs up and those likes on. I guess it'd be five star reviews on iTunes.
0: We have some five star reviews. We have some four star reviews. And shame know, on you! No, shame sorry. On. <laughs> you know, four star reviews are great. I would I would really like it if people actually left a comment. Yeah. Cause it only helps us. Feedback culture is a huge thing now, mm-hmm. and when you're doing podcast, it it always helps to say like, we well, you know what we can. Do, what can we change? Like somebody reached out to us on Facebook and said, you know, you guys should play like piano or music in the background, like Aaron Menke, and I'm like. You know, anytime you have background music, you have to really do it right. And Aaron Menke's show has somebody that actually is a composer. Yeah, it's so, a professional
1: guy that knows what music <laughs> needs to go behind it and all that. Yeah, definitely. We don't have a budget, guys.
0: No. <laughs> However, you can. <laughs> I was just saying,
1: is that a segue? <laughs> was a Go for it.
0: <laughs> we have a Patreon page now, and you can just go to Patreon.com and look up Lost Boys of Hannibal, and you guys can donate um, in the different uh, areas of sponsorship. If you guys want to be a part of it, uh, you can be a... You can be a monthly subscriber. You can be a one-time subscriber. All that money will go into the documentary. Your name will get credits in the cast as a producer. A lot of fun stuff. Check out that page. It's on Patreon.com, Lost Boys of Hannibal. And we can
1: use producers because that segue was completely unplanned. I know. <laughs> so there you go. Exactly. <laughs> uh, also, want to throw out a thanks to our. I, I'm so happy this has gone where it has, and that is our community page on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been great to discuss these things. We get done with an episode. The episode comes out, and within. Within like two hours of this episode being released, we're getting comments on the, that community page already, or getting ideas, or thoughts, or, or, or directions to go. We even got uh, just recently uh, a family member of one of the people we've talked about come mm-hmm. onto that community page and say, you know, hey, I'm I'm such and such's uh, daughter, and yeah. so then we're like, first of all, can we interview him, <laughs> and then secondly, we're like. What are we getting right, and what are we getting wrong? Yes. What from what you've talked to your your father about? What what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? So we can validate those those things yeah. that we're bringing out.
0: And it doesn't have to be formal. It could be informal. No. It Could be just an you know a message. If you you know a lot of people are, are are just they're camera shy, they're mic shy, and that's fine. I mean, we just I think at the very start when we started this way back in July, and it's kind of crazy to see how amazing we did. We we popped a video up in November of showing you guys like you know in July we had nine downloads you know in november we had 749 we're definitely catching fire with the news with the radio shows and that's all because of the audience and all because of you guys out in the facebook world and the and the and the public audience in the social medias because when you really look at it we've always said that the public helps solve cold cases and without that help without your excellent and and you know i wish i'm still wanting more people to kind of chime in don't ever feel that you know your your comment would be insignificant or no. something because it it doesn't matter. Like I teach this one, you know, when I'm in college and I tell my students, those are launching pads because yeah, it might not be relevant to the case or it, but it gives us an idea that we can dwell on and kind of spiral off. Well, maybe that's an interesting perspective, but getting people's perspective on that Facebook has really opened up the line of communications. We are on Instagram. Our Instagram is not as great as our Facebook. We want more followers there. So check us out. Lost boys of Hannibal on Instagram. It's actually linked to our Facebook. Now go ahead and follow us on there couple other shout-outs we wanted to do. Back in October, on October 12th, there is a show hosted by Brooke McKenna. We do not know her. She did not reach out to us. Mm. But she gave us a plug. And I thought that that was so amazing that somebody actually is listening to us, is following us, wanted to do the research before she did her show. And you should check her show out. It's called Brooke McKenna. She's this beautiful girl that has amazing stories Um, And she does a segment called Oddtober, which I thought is awesome. And in this year's Oddtober, she actually covered The Lost Boys of Hannibal, and she gave us a shout-out. So you can follow her on Instagram at Brooke McKenna underscore. And that's B-R-O-O-K-M-A-K-E-N-N-A underscore I G. Same name, Brooke McKenna on YouTube. She has over twenty five thousand followers. So that was huge for us. Huge dip. The news station and actually, Chris, I'm gonna throw it out, you buddy, because you watched all <laughs> forty two minutes of that tragedy. <laughs> I thought you we weren't bringing it up. I know, but after Christian Lyon thing, I didn't want to bring yeah. up Christian Lyon. I want to like because he's doing TV. Yeah, you know, so yeah. I didn't want to you know segue like him and somehow have him affiliated with that it's funny that the name of it's called it has the word
1: whore in it hometown whore <laughs> yeah because it was a, a literal whore well they lived up to their name then. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> uh, and now I, never mind i was gonna say now i know why when i was doing like searches on google for it i was w doing w-h-o-r-e now that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh but anyway yeah no that unfortunately that was not a good uh a good i was looking forward to it and they put they prefaced it with lost boys the hannibal it looked really good and then it just went south real quick yeah (laughs) like in the first two minutes yeah i was just
0: like uh because you were texting me through the show and you're like oh my god no they didn't why what is this i ate it we ate at this restaurant we didn't even know it was haunted yeah we we actually were eating we were eating lunch with the guy that wrote the book on the haunted ghost of Hannibal, and he didn't even mention the <laughs> restaurant was haunted. But uh, yeah, best Ken Marks. Uh, yeah. is a good dude. He runs the actual steampunk festival in Hannibal. Yeah, he's a good guy. So, Chris, the uh, the condolence letters. Let's get into these uh, these letters.
1: Yes, Um, and that's what we really want to get into today, and we have a lot to discuss, and it's something we've been talking about for a couple months now, was these condolence letters, and we kind of want to dig into them, and so I guess we just jump right in, right? Yeah. So it comes down to three different types. I've really narrowed this down to three different types. You have your sympathy, you have weird, and then you have crazy. (laughs) I, I, I that's the simplest form of these letters. And there's probably, I'd say, all in all, maybe 80 or 90 of
0: them. Uh, we haven't done an actual count. It's bittersweet. Yeah. It's And, and you know, maybe we should preface that, too. Like uh, Chris's categorization is is funny, but in all reality, I hope none of the people listening to this show ever have to receive a condolence letter. True. We we're going to talk on a bunch of different topics, and they are categorized. And there's a reason why he's given them those categorized. So why don't we start with the the first one and let let me tell you something anytime you go into something it's it's a preconceived notion that you can handle it even when i was reading through it i was because i'm a father i was putting myself in this position and i don't know but the i give so much credit to the dows and the hogs for being such strong parents after the loss of their children so chris without further ado
1: yeah, and one of the things that we want to point out too is we're going to hold off on the names of these uh, people that are that wrote these letters. Some were local, um, some are in the Hannibal area, some are in Ohio, some are in uh, Washington D.C. We're just going to go ahead and just leave out the names for now on these uh, on these people. So uh, the first one that pops out, and then going into the sympathy mode, someone's going to kind of read an excer- excerpt of this uh, area. Saw you tonight. I told Daddy I wanted to write to you to let you know that we're thinking of you. We wish there were something we could have done for you. I know the mere words are not much comfort at this time, but our thoughts and our prayers are with you. May God comfort and keep you in your house, keep you in your hours of need.
0: And this is written by
1: a, a lady. A lady. Yes. And she's of age. A I, I, I would assume so. The handwriting on this one, it doesn't have how old she is. daddy was interesting. Yeah, it is a little interesting. And we'll get into later that there is some that are of younger age.
0: And that's, I think that's beautiful. You could tell about the community mm-hmm. kind of coming together. And-
1: yeah. So that's that's one of the good examples of the sympathy aspect. The next one is I found interesting just for the simple fact. It came from Cincinnati, Ohio. In the first sentence of this letter, it's actually a typed letter, by the way, and you'll see some typed letters. You'll see some telegraph letters that we've seen in, this, in these packets. This one's a typed letter, and the first line says, I am a Catholic sister writing to send you some prayers to the Archangel Raphael. So it's interesting that came from a sister. she saw the news story. Uh, and so she just wanted to send again, her sympathies and her thoughts and her prayers uh, to the family.
0: Raphael is an interesting one too, right? Why Raphael? Well, Gabriel is the messenger. Michael is the archangel. So he protects you from Raphael is kind of the, he's the comforter. Mm, okay. The next one
1: is not so much a sympathy, but it kind of goes into a little bit different of trying to just condole the family. And this, I'm not going to read it all. It's pretty long. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven paragraphs long, but it's a poem that was written. And it was written uh, by a person in Bristol, Tennessee. And I'll just do the first paragraph. It says, three young boys of Hannibal, Missouri to explore Murphy's Cave rushed there in a hurry. Insensitive of the path, anxiety and worry that would upset the town in a frenzied flurry. Lost, they return home, void of any query. It's pretty
0: good. It's just something that was on people's minds. You have to understand that like in Facebook, you can mark if you're safe in an area that was hit by some kind <laughs> right. of tragedy. It's just interesting to me that people are actually thinking so much on the topics that they are actually writing poems and thinking of what this family's going through and i just feel that in 1967 the world was already shaken with the vietnam war Mm -hmm. we had crazy politics it's it's a kind of a lot like what we're dealing with today in the new age but it's just it's interesting to see all these letters come out of the woodwork and how the times kind of reflect in the writing
1: yeah i mentioned earlier about that some of the ages get younger This one comes from the state of New York, and it says, Dear Mr. and Mrs. Hoag, I am 14 years old, and I have heard and read much about your lost sons and their friend. In our city newspaper, an article said that the man had tried for it the last time, but found nothing. I believe that your sons are alive and well. We must remember that God is alive, and he is watching over everyone every night. I pray for you and your sons and their friends, uh, their friend and i have never given up hope of you finding them and that came from a 14-year-old girl from new
0: york so this is a girl that is you know craig's age yeah
1: yeah oh exactly
0: right yeah good point good observation it is interesting when you, when you look at it from that perspective too as as we were reading these way back when when we were given access to them i think that you know the you know as you said they get a little weird they get a little crazy but I liked it. You were kind of going through the ones that were kind of heartfelt first.
1: Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So I also mentioned that there was some telegrams. There's probably in there four or five telegrams, but it's a, uh, there's a couple that kind of stuck out. Plus they're easy to read, freaking <laughs> i like some of the writing because it's actually cursive. You don't see cursive very much in these, this day and age.
0: Unless it's my mother's, which is the most beautiful. Oh
1: yeah. My mom had that too. She was really good at the cursive. Me, not so much. But uh, anyway, so this is a telegram. It came from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and actually came on May 15th of 1967. And it's just one paragraph. I'll read it real quick. It was sent to the chief of police, and you'll see this. This is really interesting. A lot of the letters they don't know what the address of the families are. So we have the envelopes too, and looking at them, it'll just say, Mr. and Mrs. Hogue, please get it to the family of the lost boys, or uh, it'll send it to the police chief and says, please give this to the parents of the boys lost in the cave. This is the same scenario as a telegram sent to the police department and to pass on to the Hogue family. Uh, It reads, please don't give up hope. They told us our boys were lost, too. They came out all right. Our prayers are with you for their quick rescue. May God bless all of you.
0: I mean, high hopes. You know, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, when people have dealt with that tragedy and they want to bring hope to someone, it it always helps to hear that, you know, there is a possibility. In the scenario of the caves, you know, just being outside tonight, it's 21 degrees, and I was out there with my T-shirt because I forgot my coffee in the car. Let me tell you something. I, it, it, it always strikes me now what those boys must have went through, even though it was in May. Those yeah. caves are
1: cold. 56, 57 degrees, I think is what yeah. they, they figure. Yeah. So, All right, so that was pretty much it, That the ones we wanted to cover in general. I would say overall your sympathy and condolence letters account for probably 80%. Uh, of, of the total letters that came in.
0: You also had some really strange, heavily, heavily religious ones. I mean, remember the one with all the pamphlets. Mm-hmm. Um, I might even post a picture of that one. It was pretty strange. Like, wow. I mean, you know, these people are going through this and, you know...
1: And you'll see a lot. I don't know if you're Catholic. I don't know if you're a Christian. There's a lot of them that hit that up. I remember seeing a lot of different Bible verses in a lot of them. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of religion, religion factor. But again, 1967 United States compared to 2019 United States, you know, I think I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's just me having a blind view. But I feel like religion was a lot more of a a higher valued principle in the sixties than it maybe So, so is today.
0: Oh, 100%. I, I don't, I don't feel I'm a, uh, you know, I have all my sacraments as a Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, I even wanted to be a priest. I think we've mentioned that on a couple of podcasts, but you know, that's why I knew about Raphael and Gabriel sure. and, and you know, the archangels. So I think that when you look at the perspective of religion, it, it always, in regardless of what you believe in that leap of faith, it definitely helps you with the grieving process if you have – and you see a lot of this. I mean, you know, it's it's still cool to be religious and in politics at this point. We still are one nation under God in 1967, you know. Not so much today. Today it's more of like a taboo. Now it's one nation under God. <laughs> yeah. Real fast. Yeah. Well what God Chris <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well let's
0: uh, I'm sure that the people can find other podcasts on that part, but uh yeah. So when we said condolence letters, we basically said that it's probably what people assume they would have been. Yes. But yeah. now this next leg Is this up- B? This is, this is what you might not think you'd expect to get with a condolence letter. Exactly. So now we step into the
1: realm of, of weird. And, and this one, the first one I'm going to start with, I'm not, I'm not going to read all by any means. <clears throat> and it's not really such a weird thing, but it's, it's interesting. Uh, it says, I have just consulted three attorneys here to start a campaign fund for the continued search for your children. But the attorneys refused to give me permission as they called it unlawful to solicit. I explained to them the nature of the campaign, but have no luck convincing them. That was an interesting one. Um, I I found, and and again, going back from 2019 to to 1967, the rules of the road, if you will, is probably a little bit different. So, you know, solicitation may have been a little bit different role in 67. We really don't know that, but... Um, so I'm thinking there could have been some legitimacy to that, but I just found it kind of interesting that they tried to continue the search with was trying to get funds, but yet the lawyers like, no, you can't do that.
0: Yeah, I don't know what that would fall under. I mean libel or it's it is a bizarre solicitation. I mean, are they trying to
1: raise money? Or? I would assume so, but it's it's just weird that the, the lawyers like no.
0: Well, because we see that today. I mean, you know, there was a terrible thing that happened in Miami with the UPS driver and the cops, and then all those fake accounts came up, and everybody started making all this money for this person, mm. and they oh, were keeping yeah. that money, right? So, this is probably that. Yeah, it could be. You know, they're a protector for that, right? Uh, so, again,
1: not another one that's in the weird category, but not not to our final category. Uh, this is was a letter that came, and, and I don't have the name with it, but one of the lines in it. I found very interesting. And one of the sentences says, why not offer a reward? School is out and boys have more time to wander around. So, so that person was suggesting that while school's out now, maybe you just have the kids run around and try doing the searching
0: and get more kids lost. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) What's the thinking behind this? (laughs) Exactly. Which I, again, I, I, and again, you know, that this person meant well in this letter, but maybe not completely thinking all the way through
0: well it's strange because like i mean when you look at that from that perspective does he know that there's 200 cavers down there yeah exactly
1: <laughs> yeah uh they're smaller does that, does that account for anything
0: i mean we covered that yeah we had the hundred and we had 10 pound lady you know? yeah Exactly. Let's not forget our ladies that were down there too. We talk a lot about the men, but they were definitely brave and courageous women that went through those caves and God, she was what a buck 10 and she still had to squeeze between things. So we were, we, we were first tier, kind of weird.
1: Now we're going second tier. You're probably pushing the line a little bit. Just with our next ones.
0: This is when you get off kilter.
1: Yeah. This was not a letter, but this was in the, the, box that we looked through and it's literally a half ripped sheet off of a top of a legal pad and it just says and i'm just going to read the whole thing except i'll leave the name out saint charles millie entered cave children then entered is crossed out says 30 feet fell abyss cracker deck not murphy birch in jefferson praying
0: is that a telegram?
1: No, no. It's just a regular piece of paper. It my thought, and again, that's all we have. I read you everything that we had. My thought is that this was either a seance of some sort that or it was it was in the writing is very, very hard to read. It's very scratchy. It could be what they call the um, the writing. Automatic writing. Automatic writing. It could be that. It's just interesting that it was some different words and so that I found that that's our mildly weird
0: situation. Well, these pitfalls, these sinkholes, they keep coming up. When we did our radio show, we got that one lead mm-hmm. And we're still going to investigate that. And if you guys haven't heard us talk about this, it will be really quick as he's pulling up some of our weirder condolence letters. Um There was a guy that called into the radio show, and he said that there is a part of his property that's set on some caves that they had dropped some flares down and they never saw the smoke come up. So it just goes to show you that there's a possibility that there are some sinkholes, a lot like Schroeder's Pants Cave, where you have a a cave you go into and then there's a drop-off that goes down 95 feet. Mm -hmm. And that's very possible that these three boys, three small boys, could have found something like that. So let's not rule that out. Even though that might be automatic writing... It's the fourth or fifth time I've heard something about these drop offs.
1: Yeah. Abysses. Yeah, definitely. It's, and again, it's your rabbit hole. <laughs> That's a <laughs> literally. No, no pun intended. Well, yeah. Yeah, pun intended. Uh, yeah, it's the rabbit hole of different possibilities that we may go down. So let's continue on. This one, this one I file under the lowest of the weird, weirdest. Possibly, I don't know, saddest may not be the right word, Um, but let me just go ahead and cover it for you. Sure. Mr. and Mrs. Hoag, well, you will at least know that your boys are not laying down on the battlefield in Vietnam, as over uh, 9,000 already are.
0: Once again, (laughs) I mean... And this came
1: also with a letter that it had a newspaper, uh, a newspaper clipping, yes, yeah. as well about
0: Vietnam and about the boys that are dying over in Vietnam. Interesting, you know. It's like here's the difference between that one and I don't think the Hogue or Dowels, the hogs or the Dowels, ever asked for any of the soliciting. They never asked for condolence letters. So to take it upon yourself to act like these people are being boastful that their children are missing. They didn't invite 200 people into their town. They didn't invite the national guard. That's something the city and the state did. So once again, it just feels like this guy is kind of putting blame on them because we're not recognizing the men and boys in Vietnam. Actually female.
1: Really? Yes. It's a a female that mail that sent this letter.
0: Interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: but yeah, you bring up a great point and she does go into, to express that, um you know she sees more and more names of fine young men that passed away from the St. Louis area and what burns here's the quote what burns me up that the cost ran so high just think the price to pay i that it was all volunteer but i found out after reading this article ps hope other boys have learned a lesson that they will never forget wow so, yeah uh, yeah <laughs>
0: so unfortunately that's yeah thanks for uh you know yeah it's sad that that comes up hope other boys learned a lesson from you know the mistakes your children made yeah on top of everything else let's give somebody a guilt trip
1: and you can also see, and as we go down, especially season two, we're going to go down the rabbit hole, if you will, more. But we're also going to start talking to people and starting to question these things. And and even so, maybe did people see these letters? Because I would think after a certain point in time, the Hogue family and the Dow family just were like, oh, another letter. Throw it in the box. You know, it got to the point where it probably just became so, like... I don't know if it run of the mill or didn't want to hash up memories or something. There may, there may have been times where they just didn't look at these letters.
0: They maybe never read them.
1: Exactly. Right. All right, Frankie. So we're through sympathy. We're through weird. Now we go on to crazy, crazy. And here's the thing too, that, And then how is it that we can actually be going into crazy after what we just talked about? (laughs) I have no idea.
0: But I I can say this. I can say that if they didn't read, then this letter here or the the ones that follow it is really going to open up some of our armchair detective sleuths in our discussion groups.
1: Great point. And it actually already has, because if uh, you're on our community page, this next person I talk about is the reason why I ask about this is because uh, there is a psychic that was in, uh, let's see here. I believe he was in Holland. Yes, um, he is in Holland. He was part of the Parapsychology Institute in Holland. His name is Gerard Crozet. Is his name? We had people look up. I said uh, on our community page, it's like if you want to do some research, see if you can look it up. And uh, we had a couple individuals that kind of found the same things I did on a quick Google search. He was um, he was a well known, renowned psychologist. Um, I don't know if you have any information.
0: On yeah, that. I actually did a little bit more digging on our true true crime detective network that we used for the Lemp film. Mm. Found out that. He was outed mm. for being a hoax. Yeah. Usually, when you're when you're that high up in the community of spiritualism, when you're exposing yourself to ridicule, you usually get found out.
1: Well, I mean, what's the saying? The higher the higher you are, the quicker
0: you fall. The harder you fall. The harder you fall. Yeah. And it's on Wikipedia, actually. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole <laughs> segment about him being outed, and basically he goes into a silent mode And he's never heard from again
1: Yeah So so this is one of the first letters And there's actually more than one That benches him specifically I, I won't get it It's actually a pretty long letter uh, It just goes into the details of Hey you should contact this person uh, You know when this one even says don't throw this letter away as rubbish. Just keep it in case you ever want to go down this road. So the letter in general is actually a pretty nice overall letter. It's just that you, you're starting to get into the, the parapsychology aspects. The pseudosciences. Uh, uh, of this, exactly. And that brings us
0: actually to our next one. It's funny too, Chris, because there was a show on TV called The Medium. Oh, yeah. I and it that. was based on an actual person. And that actual person it was based on was out it recently, really <laughs> for being a hoax. <laughs> so, I mean, it, I have a really hard time buying it as a as a good Catholic boy. Yeah, I do believe some people do have that gift of foresight because the Bible mentions it. Uh, Jesus mentioned it a lot. Um, the Gospels mentioned it. Saul mentioned it a lot, or as some people know him as Paul, but. It has been mentioned. I mean, I think maybe in season two, we do something with an actual psychologist on the thinking behind people that would take it upon themselves to write a letter to a family that's grieving and telling them to reach out to things that they possibly made up. I mean, that's just nuts to me.
1: Yeah, it's. What's the
0: psychology behind that?
1: Yeah. And I, going back to the, to the, do you feel about psychics or how do you feel about it? I, I'm in kind of in the same boat. I mean, I've always felt that there's a very, very select few that have an ability, but more often than not, I mean, I have, you know, what do they call it? Deja vu dreams where sure. you, you say, Oh wait, I dreamt that five years ago. I mean, I think everybody has to some ability something along those lines but to just go into just go into uh, 7-eleven and be like i feel the spirit of a great you know great woman from 1942 i mean anyway it doesn't matter what it is it's hard for me to to really to really get a feeling for definitely an oddity to it yeah, so as but we're still talking about psychics, and this brings us to the next one. This came from Springfield, Illinois, and uh, I'll just kind of kind of highlight it here. It's a pretty quick little one. It says, "Dear Mister and Mrs. Hogue, I know you must be avalanche with letters, and that is because of all of our hearts ache for you." There is a man whose name is Gilbert Holloway, whom I have heard a number of times on radio station in Chicago, WBBM. That helps people find their missing loved ones all the time. I am sure if you telephone the station, they will have you, they will tell you how to contact him by telephone. I would say nothing to the authorities or those who are searching until after you have talked to him.
0: Did she reach out to George Nori and Art Bell, too? <laughs>
1: I mean... Yeah. So that's uh, that one's that one's again down that psychic road. I we haven't looked up anything about Holloway, uh but uh again that's kind of going down that road once again of the psychics.
0: Might be a great uh time to do that with a discussion group, right? You yes. got the New Year coming up. Yeah. And uh you know, maybe this is some downtime. If you yeah. guys want to look up that name, you want to spell it out for them?
1: Uh yeah, hold on. Uh, it is uh I believe Holloway, right? Yeah, it is George or no, excuse me, Gilbert G I L B E R T Holloway is spelled H O L L
0: O W A Y. So yeah, if you can figure that out, if you guys are in the Illinois, the Illinois, I think you said, <laughs> Illinois, Illinois, <laughs> that's a good one. I that wonder if anybody's is. used that. Uh, Jeremy does actually. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so in the Illinois area, Chicago, I mean, Springfield's not that far from Chicago. So when you look at it from that perspective, maybe, you guys can do some research for us and just drop it in our group. If you're not a member of the group, you can do that at any time, and me and Chris will approve you as, as soon as we get the notification.
1: So we had Tier 1 and Tier 2 of Weird. And then we have Tier 1 and Tier 2 of Crazy, and we finally are hitting our last tier of the Crazy
0: World. Well, I'm excited about this one, Chris.
1: Yeah, and unfortunately, and I haven't had time to really analyze this one, but I will go ahead and tell you the header on this, which makes it easy. It's all in red ink, which out of all the letters, this is the only letter that comes in red ink. Uh, and also it says each one of the papers, which again, about five pages long and just this one letter says George's photo lab. So uh, I've looked up and you could look that up if you want. It doesn't exist anymore. I've done Google searches on that. It doesn't exist. Uh, but anyway, he goes into detail that is very, very odd. He first of all has a picture at one point in time of literally what looks like a cave entrance, which is just a bunch of squiggly lines and a hole in the middle, <laughs> <laughs> and he says, this is where they're at. Okay. And then he goes on to say other things like you should get together in a group. Uh, just the parents and get in a circle and get in a quiet place. Goes into how to do like uh, like a ritual seance. Uh, and there's just a bunch of wild stuff in this. Jesus. Yeah. So, but it's not anything that is like, I don't know, anything that would make you go like be concerned of anything, but it's he goes into a lot more detail. Then he finishes off the letters by saying, By the way, my services are available if you would like me to come. And he goes mentions a price of you had to pay for my airfare and pay for a hotel room and so much a night for me to do this and I will come and we'll do a seance and help you find the kids.
0: Once again that's why <laughs> it's a pseudoscience. Yeah.
1: But then there's also people that are trying to profit off of this loss now.
0: That's what you're seeing here. Yeah. God, that just enrages me.
1: Yeah. So that's, again, to wrap it all up, 80, maybe even 90% of this is sympathy, condolences. Sure. But it's it always the ones that are a little strange that are always going to be the ones that kind of pop out at you.
0: Yeah. And it's a shoebox. So Yeah. Literally. Yeah. It's a shoebox full of letters um that was given – from one of the actual family members. So a lot of people are like, well, do you question the integrity of the letter? When was the letter written? How do you know somebody just didn't put that letter in there? Uh, But there's one more you have. Well, and
1: actually, let me hit that up. We
0: Not only do these letters, you have
1: these letters, some of them have the dates on them, but we also, they kept the envelopes of the letters as well. And those have post, those like stamp or postmark dates on them, and they're all made May, June, July time frame. I mean, they're all within that time frame. So we
0: can validate that these are legitimate letters. You can just tell by the, I mean, the paper, like like that said, that the, the photo lab mm-hmm. is a good example of that. Like, that's a letterhead from a place that doesn't exist anymore.
1: Yeah, and a lot of typewriter. There's some typewriter uh, letters, too. So you can tell that's definitely not a 1999, well, maybe,
0: but <laughs> not a 2019 letter. If, if you would have question me about telegraphs, In 1967, I can't believe that was still going on. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. It's like, sorry about your kids. Stop. Like, you know, it's like, isn't this like 1920s or something? So I was just like.
1: Well, and again, there's I know there's some people there. I have some family that listen to this that I, I'm sure they're just going to laugh at me when I say this. But I know in the Hannibal phone book, we've looked this up where it was five digits in 1967. Sure was. It wasn't even like a seven-digit phone number at this point yeah. in time. So, I mean, that kind of puts in comparison, which I think eventually what we should do, maybe we do this next season, is get somebody that's like, historian from the 1960s just to like put us in perspective of like that time frame because i think we're a little misguided just a little bit of course because we're not familiar at all i mean i was negative 14 in that probably that time frame (laughs) 14. yeah so i don't really know anything about that time frame besides what we learn from general history and stuff so maybe that's something we need to look into i own
0: cars that are you know (laughs) i wasn't even alive (laughs) right you know so it's kind of cool that the 60s did definitely have an incredible impact on society with music, the war, yeah. the automobiles, the cars. Everything really really happened in the 60s. I mean, this was the this was the moon movement, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think I think that's a great idea. I think that'd be a great show to have somebody that basically specializes in that retrograde of of the 1960s. Yeah. Like definitely. what is it what is it like to be in the
1: 1960s? Right. Well, I guess to finish things off though, you just you prefaced it a little bit ago and you know, we had all these letters, sympathy letters, condolence letters, weird letters, crazy letters. But there's some that's uh there's some that's stuck
0: out above even what we've told you today. I mean, as we look at some of the the beautiful agenda that you gave here of all the different types. I we're you know, we're about to close the show here, Chris, but I I did wanna Mention one thing And and it's a letter that we haven't reviewed yet Because it deserves its own episode Which is crazy to think about, isn't it? Yes And this is where the goosebumps start to raise Behind your neck And on your arms And if you're listening to this in the car And it's dark And you're just in the car I want you to think about Getting a letter That not only has Details But a hand-drawn map Of where your boys are. That'll do it for us this episode on The Lost Boys of Hannibal. I'm your host, Frankie Campbelletta and I'm Chris Ketters. We'll be seeing you Never mind. Love.
1: What makes you think love will end When you know that my whole life depends?